back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrow, with my co-host, J-Mac. And today's guest, he's the Denver Broncos beat writer for the Denver Post, the one and only Ryan McFadden. It is his second appearance on the show. We had him on during the offseason uh, a little bit uh, prior to training camp. Um, so it's great to have you back on the show, man. Uh, you're definitely one of my uh, more favorite uh, members of the media. Um, uh, I, lo- I love all your uh, your writing and all your articles. It's great to have you. Uh, obviously, you're first here in Denver, man. How How's Denver been treating you? How have you been uh, feeling lately? Uh, it's been good. It's it's been even better that you're covering uh, a four game winning streak compared to a possible <laughs> rebuild. I would say that. Uh, but yeah, this is it's been it's been. I'll say overall, it's been a while. It's been a pretty wild uh, start on to be here in Denver. Yeah, I'm sure you went from uh, the Ravens, where they're constantly winning games. I mean, pounding the rock, doing doing lots of stuff to you know get in the playoffs, and then you come here, and we're one and five, talking about trading away eighty percent of their roster. Um, but hey, the Broncos, like you said, four game winning streak, didn't trade a single person, didn't fire a single coach. They just stick with the the homegrown uh, players and everybody that they have in house. And uh, like I said, they're on a four game winning streak, five and five in the thick of the playoff race. So, um, but first, before we go and jump into the playoff race and all the team culture and everything uh, make sure you guys if you're listening on youtube like uh subscribe help help us get to 2,000 subscribers uh, but let's go ahead and jump into this cream jackson news cream jackson suspended four games without pay that was announced last night um he is going to be missing out um if this uh suspension does stand because he is appealing it um you know it's a, pending the appeal he will be missing out on like a little bit over half a million dollars in base salary which is a very very significant amount so uh Ryan, do you think this suspension uh, was kind of deserved? Um, and do you think this uh, this appeal will work this time around? Uh, so I, I would say this for the hit. In, if we're just going off the hit on Josh Dobbs, I don't think so. Now, I think when you look at the four-game suspension, I think this is more of uh, Sean Payne mentioned it when he got suspended before. Uh, he, has a, he has a bunch of priors, so the league is going to judge it off of that. And the fact that he had his priors, he had the two-game suspension, and comes off the two-game suspension, three plays into his first game back, he delivers that hit. Boom. I, I So I'm not surprised that he got the suspension. When Sean Payne spoke to reporters on Monday on a Zoom call, you could just tell that he wasn't surprised that the league was probably going to put the hammer down on this. Uh, it will be I – would, I would I would like this – I would – I think just off, like I said, I think just off the hit in particular, I think it should get appealed down. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to view his, what he'd done before and the fact that, you know, he put himself in that situation right after he comes off the suspension. So it'd be interesting to see. I think he should get it knocked. Um, I think he should get it appealed because just from that hit in general, I don't think it's something that warrants a four-game suspension. Yeah, I would agree. I think and Justin Simmons brought up a good point. Like, what is Kareem Jackson supposed to do in a situation like that? And Justin Simmons even said, I had a hit just like it. But they gave Kareem the suspension because, you know, his prior history and everything like that. I think the league is just wanting to send a message at this point. Because, I mean, that a guy just suspended off of, like, a play that's no no flag. It was just – it was it was labeled he went into his chest. He got a piece of the chin, and it's just now he's suspended for four games. But I agree. I think he will be appealed. But uh, one of the biggest questions going into this next game is the safety position. Now that Kareem's going to be out, P.J. Locke and his ankle has a huge injury. Do you know anything about the status of of P.J.'s like PJ's injury? So when it goes to P.J. Locke, he will be – He coach said he will be um, – they're going to evaluate it later on in the week, so it's still up in the air on there. If if Locke is not the go, we're probably going to see DeLarian Turner-Yale um, start next to Justin Simmons against the Browns. 
this could be an opportunity where rookie J.O. Skinner could get some work out there as well. Uh, he was active. He was active against the Vikings. So I, I think his suspension really comes at a bad – Jackson's suspension comes at a pretty bad time, especially, you know, dealing with Locke's injury. And and also, too, Kareem Jackson is a pretty, is a pretty solid player. And you want your – when you're winning four games in a row and trying to uh, push into a playoff spot, you kind of want your best players out there on the field. So, yeah, this it, this suspension really hurts them at the worst time. I think when he got spent to the two games, you know, he obviously they had, you know, the bye week and – you know, they was able to hold off against Kansas City, hold off against Buffalo. But yeah, this is not the this is not, you know, the best time for uh, that suspension to come around. Yeah. And Kareem Jackson played actually a really good game against uh, the Vikings. Uh doesn't get talked about enough. So it's a, I, you know, I like, to, I think it's a pretty big drop off between him and Turner. Yale. And then obviously Skinner, it was, he played his first NFL game and didn't even get any reps at defensive back uh, on defense. So it's going to be, it's going to be rough, especially when he's kind of throwing into the fire a little bit. I like the way that they've gone about with Riley Moss, just kind of easing him into special teams in that Chicago game and just kind of uh, easing him in a little bit, not throwing him into the fire at nickel because just Jaquan Millen has been playing on fire. Um, but yeah, my kind of take on the whole cream Jackson suspension. I mean, the rule says if we're being completely unbiased, it is a foul if a player lowers his head and makes forceful contact with this helmet against an opponent, which I mean, I can't argue with too much. He does lead with the helmet while he doesn't hit the net, the head or neck area. Um, so th because of that, I don't think the suspension should be as severe. Um, so I do agree with you guys. I think it should be reduced. Um, I don't think he will win it this time around the appeal just because it's multiple offenses and the, the league is really trying to establish um, a point here um, for the, the player safety and all that. And they're very, they seem very firm on this, um, especially the the letter that John uh, Runyon wrote. Um, I, I just don't see them really, uh, you know, go, granting the appeal in this situation. Um, but yeah, do you, could you see the Broncos? Maybe it probably won't be this week. Um, if they would have made a move, probably would have been already, but um, could you see the Broncos going out for a safety in the open market? I know the market's not too, um, you know, talent there's not a lot of talent out there but could you see that happening or do you just see see them sticking with in-house i think they're just gonna stick with in-house at this point especially and i think it all is going to come down to um pj lock's uh injury i think if, if pj lock is someone where if this is not a, a long-term injury he and if he is good to go against um against cleveland or if he doesn't play against cleveland he's good the week after that i think they're probably going to just stick with house with him with those guys they got there yeah i I was just getting ready to ask that question because you look at the market, it's not really a big market right now for safeties. It's that's probably the one of the weaker positions in the market right now. But I mean, this is a huge chance for DTY to show up because if PJ Lock can't go this week, then we're gonna be really thin at safety. Um, but speaking about it, speaking about the defense in general and losing players, what do you think is our biggest flaw right now, like on defense? Or yeah, yeah, on defense. I, I to me, I think it's it's trying to strike consistency and stopping the run. I, I right there. You went into this game and uh, and you gave over and you just let the Minnesota Vikings run on top of you and they really don't have a really good uh, run game this year. I believe they enter Sunday uh, enter Sunday night with either 29th for 28th in rushing yards uh, per game. So I think and then last week you go against the Buffalo Bills, you allow 192 rushing yards uh, against them. I think right there, if you're talking about a weakness, and I I like the way the defense has turned around and, and I want to give them all the credit in the world. Because even even at times against Minnesota, they help keep the Broncos in the game because the offense wasn't the offense wasn't wasn't great, 
you know, Russell Wilson did what he did in, in, in the two-minute situation, but he, there wasn't – overall, it wasn't their best effort. Um, you, you could say the same thing against Monday night against – the Buffalo against the Buffalo Bills, it wasn't their best effort. So you gotta give them credit for the defense still keeping them in those games. But yeah, I think if you had if you had a pinpoint like an issue on there, I think it, it has to be the run defense, and that's terms of execution also too. Those missed tackles, I think it's frustrating. You sitting there, you know, you watch the games and you're just seeing them miss a bunch of tackles, and and that's something where I think needs to clean get cleaned up. Yeah, definitely. And we judged Vance Joseph so much, kind of just putting the blame on him for coaching at the beginning of the year. It was a big issue. Uh, If you didn't know, in 2018 with Vance Joseph also here in Denver, tackling was a massive, massive issue. Um, But now that they like fixed it and then now it's suddenly became an issue again on uh, on Sunday night. I don't know if I could really, you know, continue to put that on Vance Joseph, because at this point, the players really just aren't executing and it was fixed. And now it suddenly became an issue again. So, I mean, it's kind of like the same players doing it too like the lauren turner yell and uh, alex singleton for whatever reason i know i know singleton has 16 tackles which is great but he could have had even more there was uh, quite a bit of missed tackles that we talked about on the show um but moving over a little bit to uh sean payton and uh, the resurgence he's had this season starting off one and five going to five and five um players have bought into sean payton's philosophy and his identity on the offensive side of the ball if you had to point out anything specifically after that chiefs loss where we went uh one and five lost um, I believe it was 19 to eight. Um, what would you say was a shift um, for this team from starting one to five to now being five and five in the thick of the playoff race? I think it starts with, uh, for, for one, I think it starts with defense. I think that's the huge, the huge thing. I feel like the defense has done a, sh- a really solid job. And I think the one thing you got to pinpoint is they're, they're winning the turnover battle a lot. Yeah. And that's what we were seeing. It started with the Green Bay with uh, PJ Lock game silly interception. Uh, five turnovers, you forced five turnovers on the Kansas City Chiefs, four against the Buffalo Bills. They're winning those turnover battles. And I think right there, I think that's helped generate that momentum. And then sticking with turnovers, the Broncos offensively are not turning the ball over as much. So I think that key, right, I think that's one thing that stands out That to me, that one thing that stands out for me is the fact that the defense is generate this many turnover with interception for fumbles and they're getting very active in there. Um, and then also too, you can look at some of the personnel changes they made. You get, you get Baron Browning back. So that's there. Um, you put Jaquan McMillan in the nickel spot. And I think he's playing, he's done a fabulous job there. He was really good during the off season, during OTAs and mini camp and training camp. And you've seen that translate. So, you know, that helps out as well. But yeah, I think when you talk about their resurgence, I think to me one of the things is is that they have played they've played solid. I'm not saying it's perfect, but they played solid defensively. Then when you go on the offensive side, I feel like they've done a they've done a better job at running the ball. I think I, I'll say they, they haven't run the ball as well as the last two games. But yeah, but before that, I thought they've done a really solid job uh, in terms of running a uh, pounding the ball. Um, but yeah, those those for me, those are the two things that stand out. Yeah, I would agree. I think also just getting, like you said, getting guys back and making just key changes, getting Justin Simmons back, moving Fabian Moreau to the um, cornerback two in the outside position. I mean, those are huge moves. In the turnover battles, that's huge as well. So, um, But you did bring up Russ for a little bit and him not turning the ball over. What's your take on Russ? I know everybody right now saying Russ is back. I do believe that he's playing really I'll say he's playing way better than he did last year. And I think turning the ball over has been a huge reason why we haven't been just blowing these games and just not losing 
heartbreakers anymore. But what's your take on the whole Russ thing? I think Russ has been solid. I think he's I, – I, to me personally, I don't think he's the guy we saw back in Seattle. But I think he's a guy that's night and day from last year. And you hit it, hit the point where, one, he is limited to turnovers. He is he is a, he, he, he is throwing the ball efficiently. One thing you notice, and I don't like to use the word. I think with one thing with Russ, I think he's adapting to what Sean Payton is doing on offense. And I think and what it is is Sean Payton mentioned it uh, when before the start seeing he their identity they want to they want to pound the football. And you're not going to see. And I think when you look at this offense and what they've done, you're not going to see a ton of deep shots down the field. And even though Russ has a has one of the better deep balls in the league. And I think I think Russ and Sean has been a little bit more of a conservative approach in terms of how he's played. And I think that's kind of helped with the the limited of the turnovers. But overall, I think he's played well. I think from a number standpoint, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, he's, it, I think these last two games, one thing you noticed that Russell Wilson is one of the better uh, quarterbacks in two minute in two minute situations, we saw that yeah. these past yeah. two weeks as well. Uh, we even saw that uh, if you saw in the first half when he was able to get down the field to set uh, Will Lusk's fifty two yard field goal to go into halftime, and then he got him down the field to throw that um, touchdown pass to Cortland Sun, and then same thing last week to get those guys down the yeah. field. So and th- that's that's Russ. So yeah, he, if he's not he's not throwing for three hundred plus yards, he's not you know you're not seeing a. Uh, um, take a deep shot across the field on a weekly basis, but those little things is like. You, those little things like, yeah, that's the guy we saw back in Seattle, but I don't think he's all the way there yet. Yeah. Uh, I do think there are times where he, he I think he's taken a little bit too many sacks. I'm not saying um, I'm not giving him the he's not the reason why he's been getting sacked quite a bit this year. I think the offensive line in terms of that pass protection, they could be a little bit better. But there are times where I feel like he's holding the ball a little bit too long. That's one. There are also times where it's like you, uh, you go back and watch games or during games like. I think he's missing guys, or I think yeah. he, he settles for a check down too quickly. So, mm-hmm. and I think we saw that last um, uh, on Sunday, where I think I think it was the first quarter. Um, I think it was their second possession, I believe. He had like he had Nate he had Nate Atkins wide open down the field and mm-hmm. on third down, and he decided to throw. He, he pumped fake and then decided to throw it to the other <laughs> side of Corliss, saying it was an incomplete yeah. pass. And Nate Atkins right there, and he and if you look back, he did see him. Uh, so I don't know what what made him um, look change his mind and throw the yellow way, but it's stuff like that where it's like I feel like there's times where either they're leaving points on the board doing that, or he you know he's leaving out he's leaving up yardage, passing yardage doing that. But those like those are a few things I've seen. But overall, um, I think he's been solid. This this uh, that that's been the key to winning these uh to winning these four games is the way he has played and he's been the way he's been efficient even though his passing like yards per game hasn't been the best i think b- before this game i think he had like five straight games with under 200 yards passing but he, he's doing what he what he does and that's win games so and, and that's what you got and that's what i got to say about russ yeah, all I'm really asking out of the quarterback position is to put this this offense in good positions to win. Step up in the pocket, hit the open receivers. Um, just do your part. At this point, like I, at this point, we can talk about the contract like long term, um, which I'll ask you in a second. But as of right now, that's all I'm really asking out of the quarterback. I don't care about the the contract. I don't care about how much longer or how much money you're making. Like right now, I just want to win football games because at five and five, that's all you re- that's all you're really asking for. Um, but I do have to ask you. 
just for like the long term sake, what do you think is like the distinguishing point to where like Sean Payton has to decide like is Russell Wilson my my quarterback long term? Do we have to make the playoffs or let's say we don't make the playoffs and Russ just starts like balling out, launching moon balls or we're going crazy, but for whatever reason we just don't make the playoffs because we lost too many games early in the season. Like what what would you say um is the point where we have to keep Russell uh where Sean Payton like kind of has to keep Russell Wilson? That's a really good question. I think I look at it like this. Um, for one, you don't bring Champagne here to not fix uh, Russell Wilson. They invest a lot of money on Russ. So, and that's why I feel like that was one of the reasons why they brought him here. Like, you got to, we spent $245 million on this guy, yeah. fix the situation. And so far, I think he's done it um, to, to some degree. But I think when you look to answer your question, I think that oh, that's tough because I felt like, when the Broncos were one and five, and I looked like, all right, if the Broncos are one and five and Russ is still playing solid, because even when they were one and five, it wasn't like he was bad. He was still playing solid football. Yeah. You know, it was just the defense was just a freaking mess and just, you know, just letting teams walk up down the field on them. But, and like, let's say it was that situation, right? They, they kept losing one and five and they kept losing Russ still playing well. It could have been a situation where I think you have to look at it like, hey, you have to look at the future there. I think now when you're showing that you guys are they're five and five, Russell Wilson's playing well. I think if he still plays well and let's say the Broncos finish nine and eight, I think they'll probably still move forward with Russell's the quarterback. It would have to be a scenario where I think they just, you know, from from here on, they just just lose and you know Russ is inconsistent where Sean Payne's got to make a choice like yeah I want to bring my guy there but you still got to look at the ramification of like you know the contract and what are you willing to like eat up for that are you in a situation where do you you know do you bench do you bench Russ even though if he's playing well and see if you know like even though they're going to eat up so quite a few money in terms of salary cap and see if someone will take on the contract in some degree, but I think the way it's trending, I think Russ is, I see no reason for them to move on to Russ, I move, move away at this point, unless it just gets bad, unless they, you know, they start, they lose, they lose out, or they, let's say they win only two games down, you know, moving forward, but I think that's the only way where I think Sean Payne will say, hey, I think we need to like, you know, figure it. I think it's time for me to bring my own guy in. But if if they make it to the playoffs, if they let's say the Broncos make it to the playoffs, I think Russ stays. I think they go nine and eight and fall short of a playoff. I still think and he's playing well. Uh and he's playing well, I think Russ stays. Uh because even from what we've seen, it's not it hasn't been some pretty football, but from what we've seen, like he's helping win games. So and and at this point, unless you are in a position to draft a, you know, a Caleb Williams or a Drake May, which the Broncos just played themselves out of that to me, then I, I, to me, I think the better situation, you know, you stick with Russ. And if you feel like there's a quarterback down the road, let's say whether in the later, in the later, in the later rounds of the NFL draft, then and that you can probably develop and, you know, have them take on the reins after Russ, then you, that could be a possible like road that could possibly be another avenue. But in terms of like where Champagne sits there and decides where, yeah, I think it's time for us to move on. I think the Broncos just have to like flat out stink the rest of the way. 
Uh, but if they are competitive, if they're in the playoff hunt, and even if let's say they finish over 500 and still and still miss the playoffs, I think you still they probably still gonna ride with, ride with the guy. I think this is also to talk about too. Like I think he, I mentioned on our our show the other day. I could see him taking a pay cut, like low key. I won't be too significant, but if we like make, let's say we make the playoffs and just sell short, don't look too great in the wild card, but we know we have the pieces and we know we're just a few pieces away. And Russ knows that I could see him taking a pay cut. Cause like at that point you got to You got to realize that at this point, he literally shout out to Zach Seegers on Twitter for this. The numbers show that his average depth of target and like target distance is worse than Teddy Bridgewater's in 2021. So like, at this point, he's he's a game manager. That's but he he does he does amazing in the fourth quarter. I I, I won't discredit him for that. But he's a game manager, and so you don't pay two hundred forty five million, forty eight point five million average annual value to a game manager. And at some point, he's got to have a realistic talk with Greg Penner and George Payton about it because uh, we're in a better spot financially. Because right now we're negative twenty million in cap next year. So like I I don't know. To me, I'm I'm actually kind of warming up to like potentially keeping him if he wants to take a big pay cut even if we don't miss a, even if we don't make the playoffs yeah i and that's the one thing about russ i would say this i think he's placed i think he's been i think he's been solid but and i think you made a good point there i don't think it's 200 million dollars worth play I, that's the one thing about i i think i like the way russ has played football this year but is it so is it something where it's like man this is like what he's doing is worth almost 300 million dollars no i don't think that <laughs> I don't think that at all, and you know that's 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 on him. That's on you know play calling as well. That's on like yeah. you know him and him and Sean Payne. So there's to me, I think even though we're at this point in the season, I still think they're still trying to figure out what really works on offense. Um, but yeah, I it'll be interesting how they. I I think it'll be so interesting. That's probably to me one of the more intriguing things about this team is like what do they do with the rest situation? Because yeah. Yeah, you guys won four straight, but he's going to eat a lot of your cast space. So it's in like, and but at the same time, he gives you the best shot to win right now. So and and to me, I think you we've seen it. Uh, Sean Payne has made the point, and we've seen from these guys. This is not a team that's in this interest in being, you know, the selling market or just you know can the year and just hopefully we get a high pick and try to build for the future. I, I don't think that's in I, I don't think that's in Sean Payton's MO. I don't think he has that in him as as much as a lot of fans would have liked to saw that early in the season. I don't think that's who he is as a coach. And we've seen it we have seen it this this past month um yeah. who he is. But yeah, I, I that will be a conver- I think that will be something that you know the monitor in the offseason because this guy Russell like I said this if they stick into the playoffs, then yeah, I think you got to move forward with this guy. And even if they fall short, the fact that they fall short and Russ is playing playing well, you still have. I think you, he still gives you that best shot. Now, it, you could go into a situation where in the draft, you might get someone, you might find someone you like in the later round. Hope you can develop. Maybe uh, you might, maybe one of the one of the guys who are considered first round picks as a QB might fall mid round that you could might you know draft Gene and Davis. develop. Draft and develop. You can look at that as you can look at that situation. But if you go that route, I still think Russ is the best path for in terms of on the field play. But whether he, whether he, he, you go to him and say, "Hey, I think we can build something around you." If you know, 
if we can try to restructure your deal a little bit, I think for Russ, I think, I think it's probably looking at him like, all right, where he's at in his career and like what kind of what he wants and more of like, do you want to get a championship out of this? This is probably his, this might be his last stop or it might be one more stop after this. Who knows? But like he's 34 going on 35. Like, does he want to make one more shot at, at, at a title? And if that's the case, then if he has to make that type of sacrifice, then we'll see. But I think for right now, I think the best path is the best path forward is Russ. You can see like, you can see the players are starting to buy in. They're starting to, you know, come together. They're starting to come together well. You can see a lot of guys, you know, you know, supporting him, uh, you know, backing him in terms of his leadership, the confidence he's instilled in the offense. Adam Trotman spoke highly of him a couple uh, yesterday. Mike McGlinchey, you know, spoke highly about him. So you can tell everyone in that locker room is starting to buy in. And I think that's another thing that's been, to me, I think that's been another been the key to like this turnaround is that, it's that idea of uh, belief, you know, Sean Payne, like the front office, basically, didn't, they didn't trade no one. So I think you look at theirs, like for a player, to me, I think that looks like, oh, they didn't, tra- they didn't, like, they didn't make a move. They really believe in us. They really believe in this group. And I think you're starting to see that everyone is starting to believe in one another. And I think if that's the case, then you're going to have to, you're going to have to move forward with Russ, even, even how bad that contract does look yeah i would agree with both of y'all but i I think it really does depend on how the rest of the season goes if we make the playoffs i think you and at at that point what your record is you can't really you're not going to get one of the top two guys so i think you kind of do have to stick with us unless like you said we finish the season off really bad but i don't i don't really see russ taking a huge pay cut i could see him maybe you know docking some numbers down but i don't think it's going to be that much of a pay cut but I think if we don't at least make a deep playoff run this year or next year, I think Sean's going to go get his guy. And I think that's just because of the way, like you said, Russ isn't playing worth up to his contract. And I think that's what's going to come down to it. I think, But I think it could get real ugly if Russ doesn't decide to take a pay cut because if you're not – like he's not doing anything extraordinary. He's doing enough to get us to win, and he's great in late games, but he's not doing anything $300 million, you know, extraordinary. And Sean Payton, he's – He's he's played like if you're watching the games, he's calling the game really conservative. And you brought up like, yeah, like he missed Nate Atkins on that play, but he's done that so many times this season. You even the game before they ran the same play, but it was with um Lucas, Lucas Kroll. Kroll. Yeah. yeah, Lucas Kroll, and he missed them there too. And I don't know if it's a confidence issue or what it is, but that's just that's just how the season's been going. Now, now, like Amir said, now if Russ goes down in this late in the season and he's just like you said, throwing 60-yard bombs down the field and he's doing making extraordinary plays and the passing yards per game number comes up and we're beating teams by landslides, then I think it's just a lock for the future. But it really depends on if he's willing to take a pay cut and how far how, and how far of a run uh, we'll make. But, I w- but in your opinion, do you think the rest of the season, looking at our schedule, you got the Browns, teams like the Browns, Texans, the Chargers twice, the Lions, do you see it like realistically the Broncos can make playoffs? I wrote, I wrote something a couple of weeks ago during the buy. Like I basically like predicted how the rest of the season will play out. I had I think I had the Broncos finish eight and nine, but I think that kind of changed. I think I kind of I might change my opinion a little bit given the fact of Cleveland's quarterback situation. Like I, I pre, like I originally predicted the Browns to win this game on Sunday just because that defense was just too freaking good. Yeah. Um, and 
so far, and the Broncos in the last few weeks hasn't gave me confidence that they're going to slow down the run. And I think that's going to. I think that's that's going to lead the Browns to victory. Um, I I might change my prediction, like I said, given the fact to like who is starting for the for the Browns and the way like the defense can generate turnovers. I think if the Broncos can win the turnover battle, I think you know I think they can probably win on Sunday. But I it's tough. I like I look at it like this. I. I think there's a shot, but you know, I look at the Detroit game. Um, I feel like I, I that Houston Texas game. I feel like I think I, I, I like the way CJ Stroud's been balling. Uh, I'm a fan yeah. of his game. I, I I think I think the I think the Broncos might be in trouble when they play the Texans. I think they should. Real, I think I think they're gonna make it close. I, I'll say that. I, do I think I think they probably would end up falling short. Um, and then when we and at the end of the year, everyone's just going to look back at that Raiders game week one, and that Commanders game week two, and like, man, if we would have just held on to those victories, yeah. what could have been? You yeah. know, I yeah. think the I think the Broncos will fall short. Uh, I'm I might change my prediction a little bit. I might say they might finish nine and eight, just for the from what I've seen in a couple of weeks. But I, I, for me, I think if you won, I think they won again in the playoffs. I think they got knocked off the Chargers twice. I, I think that's you gotta you gotta you gotta handle business against like uh, against the Chargers. You gotta handle you got that season finale against the Vegas against the against Las Vegas. Uh, I don't know if they're gonna beat the Lions. Uh, I think I think Texans are gonna beat them. And I got the and I think I think now. Um, Given the circus, I think I, I'm probably going to predict the Broncos to win on Sunday. But I think I think it's going to probably fall short. I think the Broncos are in a situation, you know, is they're just one of those teams where it's like, you know, they dig, you dig yourself in too deep of a hole and you, you climb you climb so far, but you know, ultimately it's not enough. But I think when you look at it, I think this season is going to be. I think you're in for a wild ride in a sense, and I I look at this Broncos team where I think they're going to end with like. They're going to give some momentum looking forward, where in a sense where I felt like everything was all doom and gloom at one and five. And then after they gave up 70 points to the Miami Dolphins, I think they're going to finish the year where I think you're probably going to be a little bit more optimistic of the future with this team. Um, I think Russell Wilson is going to bring a little bit more optimism towards the fan base after compared to like what we've seen um, before. But yeah, I, to me, I think the Broncos are just gonna fall short. I think it's just that they just dug themselves in too deep of a hole. They 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 should be competitive in every last matchup yeah, uh, yeah. for the rest of the year. The Lions game is the only one I, I'm a little bit more like cautious about. But every other matchup after that, uh, outside of that, it's like they should find a way to win yeah. that game. That's that's how I look at that. I'm not saying they're gonna do it, but you don't look at those games at, at the from what we've seen so far. You don't look at those games like man, there's no way. They're gonna win. They're gonna they're gonna win that game. I don't see that for the rest of the schedule. Yeah, um, I would I would agree with you as far as the Lions games go. I think I think we will. I think just be I think we will make the playoffs just because of the strength of the schedule of the teams in front of us. Buffalo has the hardest remaining schedule. Pittsburgh is they're up and down. Even though they fired their OC today, they've still been an up and down team all season. And the Colts are just Colts. Um, I say going into the Minnesota game, I thought we had to win six out of our next eight, and. I think we can do it. I, I think the Texans game, I think it's going to be closer than people think. I mean, C.J. Stroud, when he's gone up against a really, really good defense this season, he didn't really do much. And I'm really curious to see. I think they're going to try to run the ball a lot. But I think in the passing game, which they really drive that, I think we can um, 
make them work for it. So I think at the most, we can only lose like two games for the rest of the season. And I think we will probably lose around two games for the rest of the season. But I think if, if we can get to 10 wins, I feel like we can, I feel like we can be a walk card team. Yeah. Like, like I said, um, I had nine and eight at like the beginning of the season, but in my opinion, like if the team keeps playing the way that they have been playing, there's no reason that they shouldn't finish any worse than yeah. 10 and seven. Like yeah. if we're being realistic, like the only games where I feel I'm like nervous about are this week against the Browns. Cause that defense and then the Lions. like the chargers. I, I still think we're sweeping them. I had that at the beginning of the year. I still think we're sweeping them. The Raiders. I think we're finally going to beat them. The The Patriots easy dub. I'll be yeah, super shocked yeah. if we beat, if we lose. Um, and the other ones as well. Like there's no reason we should not finish 10 and seven. It's going to start with this Sunday though. Like if, if the Broncos handle another good defense, like the Browns best defense in the league, how I'll be like very, very, very super confident. Um, I'm still kind of like on the fence if we make the if we do make the playoffs. Um, I know every week I'm like, yeah, we got to beat the Bills, we got to beat the Vikings, we got to beat the Browns. But I mean, that's just the, that's the reality with this team right now. Um, but man, like I said, if they keep playing the way that they have, both on the offense and defense side of the ball, especially if they're getting three, four, or five takeaways a game, yeah. I can see us winning every game from here on out. To be honest, yeah. Yeah, and real quick, um. Look at the quarterbacks you have to play. It's a lot of young quarterbacks, whether it be Bailey Zappi. I know CJ Stroud's playing good, but he's still a young quarterback. And you got DTR and Aiden O'Donnell or Aiden O'Connell. I hope I said his name right. But I mean, yeah, I mean, we gotta I don't know, man. Like I feel like I feel like we can win six out of like well well now five out of seven, but I think we can do it. I I would say this it's not impossible. if you would have asked me back in after the Jets game, would, would we have this conversation that they can make a shot of the playoffs? I'll say you guys have lost your mind and just look, just look, start looking at mock drafts and see where, yeah. um, and start looking towards the future. But man, like, uh, like you guys made a point. Like you look at the schedule. There's no reason. There's no reason why they shouldn't be competitive for yeah. us away. I. It's just to me. I think if. I think they can only afford to lose two games. I think this Browns game will be like this. This would be huge to me. I think this Browns game would be huge if they if they could figure it out against this type of defense. I then yeah, like uh, I think it's it's we're, we're like I said we're in for a pretty a pretty interesting finish. But it's like when you look at the Patriots, Chargers, you got to take advantage of those games yeah. because you look at the. You look at look at those teams. Take it the Broncos the way the Broncos are playing. If they maintain this, now I don't like. Like, are we going to be in a situation where we're going to see this team generate three to four turnovers? They're going to keep this going. I don't know. I think if they do, oh my gosh, that 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 that'd be impressive. Uh, but yeah, if the defense is playing the way they are, and they can if they can find a way to you know get back to like containing a run like they were in previous weeks, then yeah, I think that they have what they need to to sneak in. Uh, and especially when you look at the rest of the league, it's going to be hard. That's why I say I think I I think they might end up falling short. I, I, because I think they're gonna lose to. I think out of all those games, it's like I feel like maybe like one of the they should sweep them. I, I don't know, man. It's like one of the, I feel like one of the Chargers game, or one of the Texans games, they might actually like do something like you know, and you're saying like, like how did you lose this game? Like it's games like that you got you have to win, yeah. and uh, and that goes back to the previous weeks. It's because like they open the season with the Raiders and the Commanders and lost, and you're like. And it's those it's those games where like, gosh, you gotta take advantage of those. So like, I feel like you know, 
that's where they're at now. The way the Chargers have played, they got to take advantage of those games. I think they can. I really think they can. Yeah, I I still think that Raiders and Commanders game is going to come back to bite us. I don't know. It's just a it's a gut feeling where, you know, at the end of the season where you need this team to win, you need that team to lose, you need that team to win. And we're going to – all Broncos country is going to be sitting there like, if Will Lutz just made his kicks in that, that season opener or if we, if we didn't actually have that missed call on the ref in the Commanders game at the end, the two-point conversion. Like, I feel – I have I don't know. I have this weird feeling those two games are going to come back to bite us in the ass. But um, – my last question for you before we go and uh, wrap things up, just real quickly, um, what has the locker room been like uh, these la- these last four games? I know um, it's very it's been very very enclosed to like the uh, the game balls and all that, and we're not allowed to hear about like who's getting the game ball. And I know uh, uh, Mike Westhoff got one a few weeks ago um, after <laughs> that Bills game, um, just because uh, PS2 was live on Instagram because we heard it, the the speech and everything. But what has like the locker room been uh, like uh, for interviews and all that, like the post game? Um, how how the guys have like who who specifically is like jumped out to you is like super rejuvenated after this winning streak. Man, uh, I would say Jerry Judy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'll say all of them. It's just you can tell yeah. that's what winning does to you. Um, you can tell there's like there's some life, there's some belief. And that Chiefs game really turned like changed things. That's like that Chiefs game was like like you kind of felt it there. Yeah, you really felt it there. Like, oh man, like maybe they, you know, they can, they're starting to believe in themselves. Like, you know, you, yeah, they, they, the, the Packers, the Packers one was cool, but like after that Chiefs win, you know, <laughs> you knock, you knock off six after losing 16 straight and you beat the reigning Super Bowl champions the way you did, forcing five turnovers and you picked off Patrick Mahomes twice. You, you could, you can kind of, you felt like that's where we're right there. And you, you said you felt the spirits change. It, it was like, it was more like this team truly believes in the vision Sean Payton has. They they just believe in one another, and I think you know that that's been the key right then and there. And then I felt like that translated to the wins and to these last two wins against Buffalo and Minnesota. Just like that, that was like I feel like that was a switch. That that Chiefs win because it like you go back to that game. It's like it wasn't it wasn't like a close game. They they beat them like yeah like. They beat them bad. Now it wasn't like it wasn't like a forty point blowout, but just like when you watch that game, like they just like they gave it like they they gave it to them. Like <laughs> you held them to nine <laughs> points. Like that defense, like they beat the crap out of them. It was just one of those games where you you know it was just one of those. It was a physical yeah. beatdown. Yeah, it was like one of those like old, old school physical beatdowns. You know, you pound the rock. You know, mm. you you just you're very physical in defense. You're forcing turnovers like that. Uh, and that was like oh man like. Even like watching that game, like, oh, like this, this was different, you know, like this was like, it was just a different feeling. And from there, I feel like that is translated. You know, these guys, these guys are spirited, you know, they're, they're, they're motivated, they're motivated, they're hungry. I think the fact, you know, you go through a trade deadline, you don't, you know, you don't let no one go. And I, that's right there. That right there is like, it's like owner, like the front office and Chopin saying like, we believe, we believe in you guys. I think that goes a long ways. I think that truly goes a long ways. I, it's it's not X's and O's. It's not you know it's that that stuff I'm saying. It's not X's and O's, but like that's the like that that whole idea of belief and having a having a coaching staff that you know that you know they didn't they didn't sell and it's like you so with those guys knowing that they didn't sell is like all right you believe in us all right let's let's you know let's make this work 
And that's what we've seen. And, you know, these guys are happy. It's, you know, they're not happy, but not satisfied because still, you still got a long way to go. It's not like the team is over 500. It's, it's, you're at 500. And if you lose or sudden you're back to, you're back to, you know, you're, you're five and six. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, the, the vibes has changed tremendously. Yeah. I, I, I guess the, you know, players are probably finally happy. They don't have to ask about, get asked about a losing streak to the Kansas city anymore or um, allowing 70 points to Miami. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's, you can tell the vibes are just great. It, the guys are spirited and, you know, they're locked in, locked in. They believe in one another. And I think they're going to try they're, they're going to fight to the end. And I, I, you had a feeling like that's who Sean Payne is as a coach as well. Is I feel like once they got to that situation where, you know, they are in a hump for playoffs, I think this team is just, they're going to be hungry. Like, that's what they are. I think these guys are hungry. I think they're hungry because when you look at this roster, a lot of these guys, they're on the roster. That's all they've been, you know, that's all they have been used to is losing. And that's what they're accustomed to. So I think at this point, it's like, yeah, let's just, let's just, uh, like, they're tired. <laughs> That's what you see. I think it's just a bunch of guys that are just like tired of losing and like, let's turn this thing around and see what we can do. And I think, I think, I think they have all, I, if they stay healthy, I think they can do it. There's, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to. Yeah. I mean, uh, you brought up the Chiefs game and you, you talked about just smacking them in the mouth. Mahomes didn't throw a touchdown. Kelsey only had 58 yards. And I think that's kind of where it kind of took its, you know, stride. I, I think after the first Chiefs game, they knew, like, but we can beat these boys. And then the fact that they came in, you know, the next time we played them and they ran the ball so well against – because Kansas City defense been probably one of the best in the league. And to run the ball like they did against them, now it's, it, it's a statement win. But I definitely think this is something – like, this is something that me and Amir said that Sean Payton had to come in and do and was change the culture. And you can see the culture changing right now. Like, it's no – it's like no more of the – okay, well, the season's over after a certain amount of games. Like, you know, we're going to keep fighting. And, like, to keep fighting and win against Josh Allen and Mahomes and Josh Allen on the road in Buffalo on a primetime game, like, that's that type of stuff is huge. Going to Sunday night football, everybody's still picking. America picked Minnesota to win, and we got the dub. I mean, the culture's changing here, and I, I can't be more happy about it because the last seven years has just been – I don't even know what to call it. But right now it's – Right now, man, hey, look, we got hope. I'm just happy we got hope uh, that we're talking about the playoffs and not, like, mock drafts like we were um, a few weeks ago, worrying about tanking, and I'm trying to get one of the top quarterback guys, and now we're talking about making the playoffs. It's crazy. But with that being said, I think that's a good way to leave off on the show. If you guys are listening on YouTube, please hit the like button, subscribe. Help us get to 2,000 subscribers. If you guys are listening at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, turn notifications on so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. But, Ryan, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be on the show. I know it's uh, it's holidays. We got uh, Thanksgiving this Thursday. Um, I know, uh, you know, like I said, holidays this time around. Everybody's busy and caught up with family and whatnot. So I appreciate you taking time out of your day to be on the show, man. We'll have to have you on again. Thanks, yeah. you, thanks, you guys, for having me. Of course, man. Uh, I'm your host, Amir Farrell, with my co-host, J-Mac, and today's guest, Ryan McFadden. Till the next one, peace out, everybody. Peace out.